to Seems to Me with your co-hosts, Sibeline Sariano and Steve Ricardo. Hello, beautiful people. Cheers to all our fans in England. Oh, do we have fans in England? We have fans everywhere. Oh, <laughs> that's fabulous. Hello. You're in a great mood today, Steve. You're just saying that because I wasn't in a great mood last Tuesday <laughs> because I had... A multitude of problems. No, but. I like it. Steve's uh, bringing some sunshine into the room today. I, I'm good for the sunshine. I just found out that I'm going to be on a band CD of artwork, and I wasn't even in the band, so that kind of made me a little. Are you going to get any royalties off? I of don't it? know about that. <laughs> you might want to, like, you know, write in a contract there. Hey, you're going to use my beautiful face, my Rico Suave look. <laughs> yeah, you better talk to Getty Images first before you use that. They own it. Oh, is it a Getty image? No, it isn't. I'm just That's kidding. so funny. One of my good friends, uh, Elsa Garrison, is a Getty uh, photographer, and she was just at my house this past weekend. How ironic. I, photo Photos of L.E.V. wearing your dresses that you designed for her are Getty. Are Getty? Image. Yeah. No <laughs> One way. day I was looking, and I found all these L.E.V. shots, because that's what you do when yeah. you're the manager, and I saw Getty images on no several way. of the shots. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, they have obviously a fashion photographer. My friend is a sports photographer. She was just, she just shot the uh, Patriots game this past weekend. Um, it's a that, big deal. Yeah, that, that images. underground garage festival, which you designed oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. dress for yep. Ellie for, there were like 10,000 people in it. It was very media heavy, you know. Yeah, a lot sure. of big stars were there that day. So I have stage. one of my designs photographed by Getty Images, people. I, I believe so. That's exciting. So, are we going to talk about being single in our 40s, 50s, and 60s? Not 60s, but we can do 40s Fi and 50s. Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> He's giving a little bit more information each oh. week. Each week, we get a little deeper dive See, onto my Steve's goal, personal life. My goal of doing this show with you is I'm going to get a lot of girls, a lot of women, man, you know, because they're going to love me because I'm hanging out with Sibylline, but it's backfiring. Because oh. the more they get Ouch. to know me, the less they wanted to do with me. <laughs> oh, That's a joke. Steve. I'm joking. <laughs> You're going to do just fine. We're all going to do just fine. You got to manifest your lady love, right? <laughs> My lady love. Your lady love. Well, I mean, we're going to talk about Star is Born today. Talk about, like, love. There's a lot of love in those that movie, yeah. those movies. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about... The fact that we uh, are needing readers in our 40s and 50s and some of the cool, you know, eyeglasses out there, uh, eyewear. And uh, I'm going to talk about Rothy shoes, which has been a big trend in the last couple of years amongst my friends. We'll it's, talk about... What kind of shoes are they? Because I got R-O-T-H-Y. R-O. T-H-Y. I've never heard of them, so I'm anxious to hear what you got. Yeah. I saw that in the notes and I was like... All I know about is Vans and Nike. I don't know about anything else. Yeah, these are, I think they're only women's. I, <laughs> I actually I bought some Timberland boots. I shouldn't lie, because this winter I wanted good, good boots. So I got some Timberlands. Timberland? Good, good Timberland? Timberland. Justin, Timberland? Justin, Justin Timberlake's company, right? No. I know. I know. 
<laughs> I am silly today. You are cray cray. Ooh, Rafi has men's shoes. Wow, look at that. I didn't know that. <laughs> that means next time I'm here, I'll have a new pair of men's no. shoes from no, Sibylline. No, I love you, but I don't love you that much because they're expensive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had the fedora on the other day. Oh, you did? I was, was going like, to say, do you I, wear it? I do, but whenever I do, I feel like I'm a completely different person. And people look at me like, who the hell is that guy? <laughs> because they're checking you out thinking he looks like a hot It's mofo. a different look. It's a different look. They're, I'm used to the the Vans hat look. You, you asked know? me for a different look, so I gave you, you a different look. You so did. you got to embrace the different look. And you liked my Joan Jett shirt that I'm He's wearing He's got a today. really cool um, raglan sleeve, you know. Baseball shirt, I call them. Yeah, they're, yeah, that's a raglan sleeve when it comes off the shoulder and it doesn't have an actual armhole. Oh. And um, it says, Joan Jett, who is one of my faves. If I'm ever going to go do karaoke, I'm going to do I Love Rock and Roll. Nice. It's usually a cloud, crowd pleaser. And it says Joan Jett in black and then it has a black heart. <laughs> Perfect, right? It is. It's a good little play on words. I got it at a Joan Jett show in 2004, believe it or not. I've had this shirt. I don't wear it very often. It's like one of my top level pieces of clothing that I save for special occasions. I would say. Yeah, that's that's one of those shirts you can't let the girl, the, you know, future girlfriend take off with. (sighs) Don't remind (laughs) me of how many great shirts I've lost like that. We've talked about this, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. One one of them got mad at me because... uh, uh, she has most of my shirts, and she was like, "You gave them to me. You gave them all to me. I didn't take them." Like, oh, did okay. she hear our segment, and then okay. she got mad, and then came it back? Could have been you? that, or a conversation, or something. I no, because we talked about it. So if she's yeah. listening to the show, then she must have yeah, come back several, at you. With several that. of those she's are, fortunately and unfortunately, Steve's big black book. <laughs> <laughs> So so what's single life for you in your 40s, sibling? Well, I guess I never thought I'd be single in my 40s. That was a wake-up call. You know, I met somebody when I wasn't looking. I was coming off of a 25-year relationship. And, you know, he's younger. Of course he is. <laughs> he's quite a bit younger, actually. I don't know. Like, I think where I'm at now is, like... My divorce is over. I've got a house. I kind of have a career. (laughs) I feel like my career is like here and there. You know, I think I'm ready personally to kind of move to the next level, right? Like, do we go on vacations together? Do we... You mean in your relationship? Yeah. Okay, so you're not really single. Well, it's like I am technically because he hasn't made a commitment. Wow, that's a whole... Another can of worms right there. I mean, it's very confusing. I'm not going to lie. It's very confusing. I'm confused because what do you mean he hasn't said, Will you be my girlfriend? Yeah. So you just. And I've actually asked, Are we girlfriend, boyfriend? He said, Why do we need that label? And to me, that's incredibly, but that's a very American thing, apparently. I don't know. Maybe it's not. Maybe that's just like the fucking gaslighting he might be doing to me. I don't know. But. I mean, to me, you, you know, are with somebody for X amount of time and your girlfriend, boyfriend, right? Yes. Or, and I said to him, I said, so are we exclusive or are we not exclusive? You know, I, I, ad- I adore him and we have great conversation. We cook together. We, you know, he doesn't have a lot of time off, so we don't get much time off to do things. And I'm kind of at that place in my life where I'd like to travel more. 
I'd like to go places on my weekends. And he's still building his career. So I've often thought about, you know, so yeah, I do feel like I'm single in my 40s in the sense that, you know, I don't technically, I guess, have a boyfriend. It could have something to do with the age difference, too. I don't know how many years you're talking about. Ten. Ten-year difference. Well, you know, I've, I've come from the school that thinks men finally reach a stage of maturity when they're in their, like around 32, you know. I think mm. men in their 20s are very immature. Oh, selfish. Yeah. All about. I was all that as well. The and, you know, when you get older, though, you get the wisdom and you're, you're better. My thought on single life, and I'm far more single than you are. Yes. Uh, is that I like being single. Mm-hmm. And it was difficult. It has been difficult navigating through COVID. And, you know, I have tried out dating sites, but I'm not in a desperate state as far as changing my my relationship status. Mm-hmm. I don't mind being single. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of considerations, though, when you're single because you have to do everything. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's helping you do the laundry, cook food, I keep the house clean, one. pay the yep. bills. So I do it all. Yeah, and I'm, I'm okay with that, you know? Would I you like... Know, I, I, I want to speak to that for a second because what I keep joking about, you know, is when I come home, it's either my mess or my cleanliness, right? Like I know mm. I'm walking into my house and somebody else's shit isn't in the way. It's my shit in the way or my shit that I cleaned up. And I like that. That I like. My ex, I wouldn't say was a neat guy. He wasn't OCD neat. The guy I've been dating is a very neat person. Very, very organized and neat. And I will say that if I ever live with somebody again, it's going to have to be somebody who cares about somebody being... Somebody's neat. Yes. That's I mean, I can't neat. say... <laughs> it is pretty neat, right? <laughs> but I like having my own space. I really do. Like, when we moved into the house that we live in now, and we were married, but not happily, I, di- I didn't feel any love for my space. Like, I didn't feel like I wanted to make it home. Like, mm. it wasn't until he moved out, and I got through the dark you know, moments and months of of separation that I finally was like, you know what? I want to now make my house my home. And it really was a transition I had to make. You know, like I just got rid of the bed and in my bedroom because I needed to like clean out that bad energy. I got rid of the bed that like he had made for that bedroom and I got a new bed. I just got new curtains. I got new art. I got you a new rug. On. I am moving on. And you know, there's something to be said in some of these positive affirmation books. It's like you need to there I, there was a a girlfriend of mine who said you actually have to clean out part of your like closet and a and a drawer. To, like, leave space for this other person. And I was like, really? I was, I was like, that was a little hokey. You know, but I have I have a drawer clean in one of my, in my dresser that's, like, there for whoever this person might might be. It's, you know, you just reminded me of something really funny. I was seeing someone and we split up about after five years. This is a few years ago, several years ago. And uh, one day year or so after we had been split up we became friends again we weren't friends for like a year Mm -hmm. and then we worked it out Mm -hmm. she calls me to tell me that she deleted 700 of my email messages (laughs) from her computer and i'm like you saved 700 of my messages and she's like not anymore they're gone i've moved on and i was like 
That's wow. cool. You know, it's good. It didn't so bother me. Are you friends with a lot of your exes? Yeah, most of them. I That's am. that says a lot about most you, Steve. Most of them. That to me well, so speaks volumes. Two are not alive anymore, but oh. I was friends with both of them close actually. The ones that I I are still alive. Well, one I don't really see or hear from that much, but three I am in good touch with right now still. Well, I look forward to the day that maybe my ex-husband and I will be friends, but unfortunately, he can't handle It friendship. takes time. Time has to heal first, you know. Like we were really compatible people and he doesn't want that and 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 or he can't handle it or whatever. I don't know. I mean, that's what I wonder because I I feel ready to be friends and I have felt that way for a little while. And he has a girlfriend, and they live together. And I'm like, good, good for you. You know, like, as long as... So he jumped right back into oh. being married again. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, I know. I don't think he can be alone, actually. Like, that's what I've kind of uh, realized even more so, is that he needs that companionship or somebody to cook clean, be like the spouse or whatever. And and I mean, from what I gather, he's really happy with her and she's a cool chick. He, he's not alone. A lot of people don't know how to be alone. They have to have a, a crutch. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I'm not one of those people because it's really difficult if you're tied up with somebody for so long and then all of a sudden they untie you and now you got to do everything yourself. So it's like... I'm glad that I am single and right. I take and care of my own shit on your own. and yeah. I don't need someone mm-hmm. else to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when you you really do find it when you're like not looking for it, you know? Like Absolutely. When, when I met the gentleman that I'm seeing now, like I, I wasn't expecting to meet him. I wasn't ready to meet him. I mean, I think, I don't know if I've said this, I don't think I've ever said this on air, but I would, I think I said it to you personally, like, when I met him, I use this analogy, like, I felt like a little broken bird stuck in a tree. Wow. And I feel like he was this warm, safe hand that, like, brought me to safety on the ground. Whatever happens, like, you know, I I will hope that we can certainly be friends. And I will hope, you know, that, I mean, that we'll always have that, you know, camaraderie, like, but I will be forever grateful to him for getting me through, like, the darkest time in my life, for sure. Because we are, like, definitely, we support each other's, you know, li- lives. And yeah. and that was something I wasn't expecting to ever find or have or, like, I really am grateful for that, you know. Yeah, I mean, we could do a whole show on codependency because Oof. I think that is a topic that is, for, like. Okay, let's add that I've to next gone, week. I've gone to CODA meetings before because Mm -hmm. I felt like I was codependent and it's always when things work out and one person goes in the other direction and then you're out there you're the bird with the broken ring rip ring wing wing. (laughs) broken wing and either a hawk is going to come down and sweep you away and take over your life and you'll be right back where you started or you're going to meet somebody that's cool Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you met someone that's cool. So I definitely met someone who cared for my well-being. That's good. And maybe you, maybe you don't have to be call yourselves boyfriend and girlfriend if it's going good, that's unless that's really important how to you. I don't know. It's confusing because I, as an American, we grow up with this standard that like we need to have a title. Yeah. Right. 
And so is this bullshit that, like, he he wants to, like, not have a title because, you know, or is this or is this legitimate? Like, it's truly, like, confusing. Well, you know, my only concern would be if I really felt strongly about someone and we were sleeping together, that they weren't also sleeping with other people, too. That would be my highest consideration that I would whether we're boyfriend and girlfriend or not. I'm not saying that he I don't know what he's doing, but. I can't get into his head mm-hmm. and figure out why he won't make that commitment. Right. But. Well, some time guys, will tell. Yeah, some guys, I think I've spoken about this before and I'm not afraid to admit it, have a hard time putting blinders on and just looking at what's in front of them. They're always looking to the left and looking to the right mm. and looking for something else. Mm. And I've you're right. There. <laughs> I think women can go, okay, let's focus on what's in front of us. I mean, I'm not saying all women can do that, but, you know. The younger generation, you know, this is a little bit off topic, but I was thinking today when I was driving over here, I was listening to a interview with Drew Barrymore, Mm. and um, she was born in 1975, and it made me think, I'm very cautious of anyone, I hate to say this, but it's true, I'm kind of cautious of people that were born after 1980. That's where I'm going to put the cutoff spot, because I think that... The shit really went bad in the 90s in this country. Mm. And then it got so bad that basically it just keeps getting worse and worse. Mm. And I don't know how we're going to fix it. And I'm going to blame a lot of those young people. I trust people that were born before 1980. Not that I distrust everyone, but... Well, I I made it just in six years of that. (laughs) Yeah, if you were born in the 70s, I think you're okay. If you're born in the later, later you go in the 80s. I mean, we were all latchkey kids, man. I mean, I walked home from school. Like, I think about my daughter and how she's growing up, and I'm like, I paid for my own stuff. I had to work, you know, for everything that I wanted, and that's tricky, you know? I'm I'm not trying to attack people under 40, although that's what it sounds like I'm doing, but I'm, I, I'm attacking the whole environment that cr- was created in the nineties for little kids and mm. what they had to do. Mm. It's all about attention and social media and, and likes and, and oh, friends. Yeah. How it's, many friends do you yeah, have? It's, it's like, sad. we didn't think that way. No way. And now it's no. like a big thing. You know, my daughter said to me in the car the other day, driving to school, I think this was Monday, yesterday, she goes, Mommy, do you think boys will think I'm pretty? (sighs) She probably has been on TikTok or some of these sites that little kids are finding and they're seeing how girls are acting for attention, you know, and how guys are just diving right into it, you know? Yeah, it made me a little nervous to, like, hear her say that. I said, why do you think that, kiddo? Do you think that boys don't think that you're pretty? I think you're beautiful. But does it matter? You know, like... You gotta, we gotta teach these children that what you think about yourself is what matters. And yeah, it's a bonus if somebody thinks you're pretty or attractive or funny or this or that, right? But does it matter? Like, do you have to have that approval? Like you said, all the likes, the likes, the likes, you know? It's sad. But don't we do it too? Yeah, we do. We're all I guilty mean, of it. I've been trying to delete my Facebook account for a while now, <laughs> and I've seen other people doing it. It's given me more inspiration to reach that point where I can just say, goodbye, Zuckerberg. I'm out of here because the cesspool of misinformation is just too much to deal with on a daily basis. And, you know, especially know. if you're single. 
Right. <laughs> I'm getting a lot more sponsor ads on Facebook these days. I'm like, ugh, annoying. All right. Well, I guess we covered a little, little yeah. of this, little of that of being single. We'll come back to that, I guess. I just wanted to do a little quick hit on fashion and some accessories, focusing on accessories today, shoes and eyewear. A brand of shoes that have been kind of popular amongst my crew of people, and I see them all the time, you know, they're they're really cool. I really enjoy them. Rafi's is all about, like, flats and slides and comfortable. And the cool thing is, Steve, you'll like this, better for the planet. We've always believed there's a better way to do things, one that puts the planet and the people first. From better materials to manufacturing and finally to recycling, we are committed to closing the gap at every step. So I, my understanding is that they use all recycled materials it's for fantastic. these shoes. And they are, don't have leather and they don't have – and it looks like they have handbags now, which is cool. And it looks like they are now doing kids' shoes. That's awesome. So they are not cheap, which has been why I have not actually gotten a pair because I could just – could not bring myself to spend $175 on Yikes. a slide. Yeah, so, but it's like, you know, sometimes things cost money when you want to support these, you know, recycling, you know, non-leather companies. They actually take some more money to, you know, manufacture these things. Did they call themselves a vegan, are they just vegan shoe company? Well, I haven't seen that word used here yet, but it looks like they use merino wool. So I guess that's not, or it says merino. I'm just assuming that that meant merino wool, but maybe it's not. I'm not sure. I mean, I just know that it was always like they used a bunch of plastic recycled bottles to make these. And they're very comfortable. They're very, very comfortable. I love that they have this... They have really cool prints and really cool colors, like very vibrant. They have like a pointy toe. They have a a rounded toe. They have probably a square toe. But they have these little details where there's a bright, vibrant lining inside the shoe or a little strip down the back of the heel of the shoe that is colorful. It's just the details that they they do with these shoes is, is really on point for me. But yeah, like I'm just looking at this shoe that really grabbed my attention and it's 145 bucks. And for, you know, just this is where it bums me out because for a slip-on plastic shoe, I'm not going to spend that money personally. I guess if money was no, not an issue, I would buy them in a heartbeat. But they're 100% machine washable too, which I think is really cool. Every single thing we make is washable and durable so you can keep your staples for the long haul. Toss them in the wash whenever they need a refresh and you're ready to go. Now, not for nothing, but slides and little slip-on shoes for women, if you sweat in them, they they do get stinky. I mean, it's just reality. You know, you're walking around, your foot gets, you know, hot, you sweat in it, and your, your shoe starts to smell. I mean, we all have those issues, right? So it's really cool that they can be machine washable as well. They're Better- really expensive. I'm on their site and all the men's shoes are like 
175 and 225. <laughs> right. And it's listen, they're, they're giving that's you a discount. expensive to us, They'll right? They'll give you a 20% discount if the first time you order, right. but still, I'm not going to pay $225 right. for a pair of shoes. They look like they're emu- trying to copy Vans a little bit, too. In well, that shape for the men's, yeah, yeah I'm sure, I'm yeah. sure they're going to have to they're, go They're taking for second that. place for that. <laughs> but listen, are, are Vans comfortable, though? And can you wash them and, you know, like... I've wore Vans most of my life, and the only knock I have on Vans is they're not waterproof, and that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whether they're making any waterproof shoes now or not, I don't know, but I, it's hard. I love Vans stylish-wise. Style-wise, they you can't go wrong. I love them. Because, like, I grew up wearing Chucks, right? Like, Bobos. I used to call them Bobos. Like, I wore the, like, three-quarter, you know, lace-up over your ankle. Like, I had a pink Reeboks? pair. Reeboks? No, no, no. Like, Chuck Taylors. Oh, yeah, yeah, Chuck Taylor. Okay, yes, yes. And, like, yes. they're the least comfortable shoe on the yeah. planet. I love the look. I have this re- – I'll wear them soon because now that we're getting into fall, I'll move my fall wardrobe over. But I have these really cool Chuck Taylors. They're, like, leather and canvas and metallic, and I love them. But I wear them so infrequently because, honestly, they give my foot <laughs> zero support, yeah, you know? Yeah, the older you get, the harder it is with shoes. You need more support. Absolutely. Like, you know? I would almost need to wear an insert with them to wear them all day, you know? And so that's like it was always shocking to me to see all those like those back end just all the years of of basketball when these guys wore Chuck Taylors on the court. I mean, how did they even run all day in those things, you know? But I guess that was my question, I guess, for Vans, because I thought about getting my daughter some Vans, because I feel like that's kind of her speed. She's definitely like kind of a tomboy. It's more of a style thing, you know, with Vans. That's why, I mean, I'm always wearing something. Like, I have these sunglasses today that are Vans. I'm not wearing them right now. And a Van hat, yeah. Yeah, I'm wearing a Vans hat. They should be like... I have Vans socks Seriously supporting Steve Ricardo, because he is always in Van gear. Always. Fans, and I'm damn say. proud of it. So that's my little plug for Rothy's. So they get four and a half stars on their review here. Love, love, love. These shoes are so cute and so comfortable. Super comfortable. Perfect with anything. Color. Best shoes ever. I love them. They add a little zip. I mean, it's true. I would say they all, I would agree with all that, but I don't own a pair. I own a knockoff pair. How about that? <laughs> All right, so the other subject I wanted to talk about today was readers. You get into your 40s, and unfortunately, I used to be like, nah, I won't have to do that. (laughs) Unfortunately, you need the readers. And the other night, I had to pull out the readers to read something, and I was like, that was really the first time that I had to grab my readers. Or you get a headache. That's what's happened to me. I started getting headaches, and I didn't know what was going on, and... It's all it about the lighting, you know? Glasses, it's like you know? if the lighting is dull and the font is small, like you need the readers. You and know, they make a huge difference. Yeah, you know what's weird with me is I have 150s that I usually wear, but when I'm reading a book, I use 175s. Wow, need, okay. It's the, the words start getting a little blurry after a while. So mm-hmm. readers definitely – And so people, where do you buy your readers? Uh, Michael's is where I got the ones I'm wearing mm-hmm. here. They're mm-hmm. more stylish. The one class I have on a blue, people can't see them. Michael's have, has tons of eyeglasses for five bucks each. That's where I get mine. I've bought them at other places too, but you know, Do I you like Michael's. So I get art supplies there. So yeah, I'm there I was a lot. just there 
yeah. uh, Sunday night. <laughs> I've been giving Michaels a lot of money I lately. like Michaels. I do. I do, too. I, I get very inspired in there. So one of the big brands that everybody's been wearing that I know is Caddis. C-A-D-D-I-S. And their website is caddislife.com. This is what everybody's kind of wearing in my in my crew. And they are really quite cool. I mean, I'm looking at the website right now. They've got some cool, cool... I love the big oversized like tortoise shell um, frames. And I love the colored frames. Like they have this one called Miklos Reading Glasses. And it's They've got, like, bright blue, and they've got – I love, like, the red – I've got to get a pair of red reading glasses, too. I love you, Sibylline, but your your tastes are always very expensive. (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to pay $95 for some reading glasses at Cardiff. I know, Caddis. Caddis, is that how you pronounce it? Caddis, Caddis, I guess. They're they're neat-looking glasses. They really are, but they're pricey. Right, right. And that and that's what I was I mean, listen, I will come back at us with maybe some other, you know, less expensive. I mean, I listen, when I needed readers and I needed them over COVID and there was obviously like I I went to Warby Parker, who is another brand of glasses that everybody's like into these days, and I was shocked to see that Warby Parker last year did not carry readers. They're only frames if you have a prescription that right. you need, right? And they're like this big brand that you're walking into and everybody wants a pair of Warby Parkers, but how do they not have readers? That's just like, seems like a ridiculous, duh, aha, like, of course you need to carry readers and they didn't. So I was like, oh my goodness, what what am I going to do? Like, where do I get readers? You know, I, I wanted, I feel like if I'm going to go to Michael's or I'm going to go to the dollar store, I'm going to go to CVS, I just question whether or not the plastic that you're looking through is decent enough quality for your eyes. That's my biggest question. And is it going to make your eyesight worse? That That's why I don't buy the dollar or the $5 or the $10. I mean, don't get me wrong. I didn't spend that much more. You know, I spent like, I don't know. Yeah, but you got to admit these are cool-looking glasses I'm wearing. They are. I just, honestly, like, I question whether or not they're good for your eyes. Like, and Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. (laughs) They're helping me read, but I don't know if they're good for my eyes I mean, you know, they're made in China. What isn't? I know. I can't say that any of this stuff isn't made in China. Let's My iPhone is made in China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And, you know, I mean, I'm sorry for anybody that would be insulted by me saying that, but I just question whether or not the Chinese manufacturers have a standard that they have to live up to the way we do in America. That's a whole other topic. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we can we can talk about that one of these days. But truly, like, are there standards, FDA, blah, 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 whatever, any of that stuff? Like, I know FDA is for food, but, you know, we have standards and rules and laws here in in the US for manufacturing and I have questioned this up down and sideways especially when it comes to plastic especially when it comes to the PBA stuff and all that and you know everything we buy is made in China not and, just China India Pakistan but Vietnam But I th- I think that I don't know but I think that India Pakistan and some of those countries might have even more rules, though, really? than China. That's I, worth looking into. Again, I could be – if somebody wants to prove me wrong, prove me wrong. I'm just going off of my assumption here. But featuring Caddis Frequency Lenses, 
best-in-class frequency lenses. Technology is infused into the lens, not coated on. See, this is the thing. I think there's something about the plastic that you're buying from these dollar store slash cheaper glasses that is, like you've always heard, the UV protection and all that sort of stuff. I think that some of these glasses and plastics are not as good for you. Blocks 45% of harmful blue light and surrounding and the most harmful wavelength, 455NM, whatever that means. This is more than other brands. Ask and you'll see. Is in a nearly clear lens, which is hard to do. Anti-reflective coating helps to mitigate reflections and glare. Super hydrophobic and oleophobic coating for anti-smudge, so they don't smudge. That's interesting. So you can get lens magnification of a 0, a 1, a 1.5, 2, 2.53, 3.54. And they also sell progressives. So for $95, it looks to me like you're at least getting a little bit better quality for your eyeballs. And to me, your eyeballs and your it's feet It's important. You're right. I didn't mean the, the most down, important I didn't, Yeah, I didn't mean to downplay the fact that these are expensive glasses because they're probably worth every penny. I mean, that's, you know, I don't know. I often I often say you get what you pay for. And that's a good and that's true. That's true. It's very true. You know, I mean, I do have expensive taste, but it's for a reason. Okay, so that's my two my my little hit for fashion today, Caddis eyewear and Rafi's. Very nice. So one of the things that we're going to talk about, too, just a quick hit again on food, I wanted to touch on Middle Eastern food. And this is maybe a a tip my hat to the gentleman that I've been seeing who is Middle Eastern and he comes from the country of Jordan. I have had the pleasure of discovering Jordanian food as well as Middle Eastern food, like deep dive over the last almost two years. And that we've known each other. And I have to say, I I would choose to eat Mediterranean and Middle Eastern all day, every day. Like, that would be my flavors of choice anyway. And interestingly enough, like, you've brought me back into the Indian food realm because we, you know, go outside here. But I really enjoy those flavors. And I have learned some really beautiful, you know, Middle Eastern dishes to cook with him. Mansif and kofta, shawarma, uh, all sorts of just delightful, delightful flavors. I'd like to mention a couple places that we've started to eat in the surrounding areas that we really enjoy some of their Middle Eastern food because I do understand from they cook a lot, like he and his friends and family that are like living here in the U.S., they cook more than they eat out because they would rather eat as accurate to their flavors as possible, which I, I respect a lot. Me too. I'd rather cook a meal than go out for dinner. I, I love to cook. I'm going to say, if you're, uh, since we're right here in Somerville, Massachusetts, which is right next to Cambridge, 
the Middle um, East. You do have a tremendous yeah, amount of options you know, here. In the Middle East, where everyone knows it as a rock club and stuff, <laughs> they have great food there. And it's all Middle Eastern food. Oh, the Middle East. Their tabbouleh, to me, is the best tabbouleh around by wow, far. Wow, I didn't realize that they yeah, had food. Yeah, they have a very good restaurant there. Interesting. And one of the co- cool things about bands playing there is they get discounted food when they play there. And I knew that because I worked with so many bands that played there. But I've eaten their food a ton. And their food's huh. awesome. It's right on Mass Ave in yeah. Central Square in Cambridge. In Central Scare. <laughs> That's what I always It's not as scary as it used to be. I, uh, <laughs> I used to live there and it was pretty scary sometimes. Awesome. I didn't realize that. Well, there's a couple, there's a, there's a takeout place that we go to a lot called Alibaba. And they are in the South End, actually, and also in Charlestown, kind of off the beaten path of Charlestown, like the, the Somerville side of Charlestown. Alibaba has this dish that I enjoy. It's actually the kofta kebab. It's Turkish meatballs, and they kind of mold them into like a a long cylinder, and it's more of a kebab than a meatball, but that's what they call meatball. And it's always served over rice and salad, and it's always got a beautiful bread that comes with it. There's a dish called the doner. It's a traditional Turkish kebab cooked on rotisserie. Iskinder, um, slices of doner, the gyro, um, mixed with tomato sauce, uh, yogurt topped with buttered homemade bread. It's just... you know, I know, again, I'm sorry because you're you're a vegetarian, and they've got plenty of stuff. They've got an avocado salad. They have, you know, fresh tomato, lettuce, red cabbage, carrots, cucumber salad with feta cheese. I mean, there's definitely always beautiful. And this is – Alibaba is actually a Turkish background. There's also a restaurant called Yella, and they are in Andover. They also have one in Gloucester as well. We've actually had, it's called Yella Grill. We've actually had bad service at the one in Gloucester. I think we went, we definitely went last year for my birthday. And that was disappointing. But the Yella in Andover is a lovely experience. It's a very small restaurant. They have, oh my God, they have this hummus awarma. It's hummus with sautéed beef on top with caramelized onion and cinnamon. And I could literally eat this dish every day of my life. They have crispy tiger shrimp with pomegranate molasses aioli. Generally speaking, we sometimes get the Mediterranean meza platter, which has the minted lamb meatballs, grape leaves, falafel, spring rolls, baba ganoush, and pita chips. They actually just brought onto their menu lamb taco, chicken tacos, and falafel tacos. What else did they have lamb chops and Moroccan shashushka, roasted eggplant, cauliflower, quinoa, chickpeas, egg, to- spicy tomato, and feta. It's just delightful food, good service. Oh, wow. I'm getting hungry just looking at these menus. Then there's also a place that we always get takeout from called the Back East Grill in Beverly, And they have an incredible beef shawarma that I always get. And I just get it with rice and hummus. And then they have a tomato cucumber side salad that you get. You really love your Middle Eastern food. There's no doubt about it. (laughs) I do. I love the flavors. So there is a spice that you use called seven spice. 
and it has all of like the cardamom and the cinnamon and the ginger and the cumin and that is just pretty much like I've I've done made shawarma myself beef shawarma and just used that with you know salt pepper and made my own spices because after a while of going out and getting takeout we were like let's see if we can make this ourselves and we did and it was lovely so that's my uh, take on Middle Eastern food and what we what our options are around here. Yeah, let's hurry up because I'm hungry now. <laughs> um. <laughs> Absolutely, me too. You made so me hungry. <laughs> Star is born. Talk to me about it. Well, the reason why we even are talking about this is because you told me how much you loved the 2018 version with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, and then I told you the 1976 version with Barbara Streisand and Chris Christopherson. In my opinion, was a much better film. But before I talk, we have that comparison, the first time The Star is Born was released was in 1937. Mm-hmm. Janet Gaynor, she died in a car accident, by the way, mm-hmm. and Frederick March. Then the even more famous one with Judy Garland, who died of an overdose. It's really weird how many of these old actors, they die from all these weird things. When you look them up, you're like, what? And James Mason. And then it was 76 when the Streisand Christopherson version came out. The one commonality I found between these two films was they both won the Oscar for Best Original Song. You know, Evergreen was the track in 76 and Shallow is the track Mm, in 2018. Mm -hmm. I think the reason why, and I'm just going to get this out there and then you can say what you want. I think I like the 76 version better because I think Chris Christopherson was more believable to me as a rock star than Bradley Cooper was. And that's mm-hmm. my reasoning. And I also didn't like the way Bradley hung himself at the end. And in se- the 76 version, I thought driving away and going 175 mile an hour in a sports car and then crashing it to me was more rock than hanging yourself in a garage. Not that you know, musicians haven't done that before. But Lady Gaga, though, I will say was fantastic. And I don't have anything bad to say about her at all. And what was your take on Barbara Streisand? I loved Barbara Streisand. If that, you you saw both films? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I thought she was fantastic. And, you know, she's, oh God, who's a better singer? I mean, oh boy, I don't even want to go there, but... I'd have to give it to Streisand by a little bit, even though Lady Gaga is a fantastic singer. Mm. Oh, it's tricky for me. I mean, I get your point on Chris Christopherson. I mean, I think his character in this movie is way more of a off the charts wild boy than Bradley Cooper's was. So, I mean, especially the scene where he takes the motorcycle yeah, yeah. up on the stage and then falls off, and it's like. Oh, you can kind of see that happening. I mean, you know, somebody that's totally off their rocker, like, you know, the bad boy that gets tamed, if you will, and and or does he get tamed? And in, in both films, they don't get tamed, right? I mean, it's like you can't tame this this wild child. I felt like Barbara Streisand's character was a little bit more reserved than L- Lady Gaga's. Like, she's definitely more the prim and proper, you know, you'll have to call me and, you know, you'll have to ask me on a date. And then she, and then he asks her to go to the concert with him. She's like, okay. You know, that was a cute <laughs> scene. I guess, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think that Barbara Streisand's obviously insanely talented. I have to, 
I have to give it to Lady Gaga personally, just based on my personal preference. And I don't know. I got to tell you, like, Bradley Cooper, for me, because I've just watched so many of his films, like, for those of us who've watched, you know, his, you know, Hangover and films like that, like, for him to get into this role and actually teach himself how to sing and play the guitar, I mean, he did all of that from what I understand. Like, that was him, you know, performing. So... That's not easy to do. You know, he had to obviously have some talent to be able to even pull that off. But I was really um, impressed with him. Now, I don't know Chris Christopherson. He's not the era I grew up in, right? Like, what was one of his other big hits? Um, well, me and uh, me and Bobby McGee, he wrote, which is probably his biggest hit ever because, you know, uh, Janis Joplin recorded it and it went through the roof. A lot of his other songs are... are I didn't are, realize he wrote Me and Bobby McGee. Oh, yeah, he did. Oh, that's, my God. That's, that's like song. my favorite Janis Joplin I, I, song. I can't do this off the top of my head. It'll take too much time for me to look it up. Yeah. But he has written a lot of good songs. He's more of a songwriter than a singer. Mm. You know, and his grass, his raspy voice, yeah. I thought, was good for John Norman Howard, who he, who he portrayed in that film. Was that? But that's not his normal voice. Like he doesn't normally have a raspy. He was voice, way does more he? rock in that yeah. film than he is in yeah. real life. He's more of a. He's one of those outlaw country guys. He's well, like a Waylon Jennings, Johnny Cash type of country. Right. Not a tradition. No, like when I'm not going to lie, when he took his shirt off, I was like, "Ooh, damn." Mm. Yeah, That's I mean, better than Bradley Cooper right he, there. He hasn't had the movie <laughs> career either that Cooper's had either because he didn't have to. Because he, when you write a song like me and Bobby McGee, that's going to set you up for a long time yeah. with royalties, you know. Yeah, and he, his publishing is worth a lot of money. So I don't know whose idea it was to cast him in that film, but I thought it was brilliant casting. And don't get me wrong. I am not saying that... The 2018 version wasn't a good film. It was very good. I just like the 70s one better. Yeah. I I would need to listen to the album of 76 a bunch more times to even be able to compare the two. I listen to the Star is Born 2018 album all the time. Like, I know every single song on it. I probably know most of the words to it. You know, I, I really enjoy that album personally. Some people might see it as a sellout. I mean, I guess what's con- what's interesting to me in the 76 compared to the 2018 is that they cast two musicians to play and act. And in 2018, they cast a musician and an actor. That's interesting, but I that that is interesting, and I see what you're saying. I don't know about Bradley Cooper if he had any history at all as being a musician or. I singer. don't believe so. Well, if that's the case, he did a great job. Yeah, that that was my point. I think, really, honestly, like that's what blew my mind. Was like, wow, Bradley Cooper made this super believable because he did it. You know, but he wasn't as good as like Joaquin Phoenix doing Johnny Cash, and he sang Agreed. the Agreed. songs in that film. So Agreed. I don't put him at that level. Well, I, I think don't. Joaquin Phoenix as an actor, oh yeah, he doesn't even touch yeah. a, touch. Bradley Cooper, like, come on. I mean, he's like, Joaquin is far better Above. actor. Okay, yeah. well, oh, for oh, a no, minute totally. there, I thought I was were... like, no, I was like, oh, I, I sound like I'm doing that, but no, get, I, I'm you not. You're going to get something no, thrown at you for no, a second no, 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 if no. you're going to tell me that Bradley Cooper's no, a better actor no, than Joaquin no, Phoenix. Not at all. No, 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 no. Good. No, not at all. <laughs> now, I'm trying to remember what the Chris Christopherson song. Did he like sing? Um, well, Evergreen was the American Hero or something. Is that his song? 
Oh, we mean other American songs he had? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the one that I like know him Help from? Help Me Make It Through the Night, I think he wrote, which was, was a big hit. But like I said, I don't have the list in front of me, but mm. he is famous for being a great songwriter. I yeah. just don't have all the songs in front of me. Well, I love both of them. I, I agree. Both movies really are great. And if they both got Oscars... All the more, I mean, only the songs did, right? Right? No, I, I, I'm, um, I would say, as a musician, as a female artist, like, God bless them both, you know, because I assume that Barbara Streisand wrote that song and then Lady Gaga wrote that song, right? No, no, I think uh, Streisand used a lot of songs that other people wrote. Once again, that's without having that right in front of me. But I can't tell you. I feel like, hold on, I'm going to look it up. Paul Williams wrote the lyrics for Evergreen. And Shallow was written by Lady Gaga. So. Well, we're not having a songwriting uh, conversation. Well, we're talking, we're about, talking a film. about the two songs that got an Oscar for a film. To me, if the actor-singer wrote the song and she gets an Oscar for yeah, it. Not, listen, I, the reason I love people like Olivia Rodrigo is because she writes all her own songs. So I'm not going to disagree with you on that. But Lady Gaga is not the actress that Barbara Streisand is. I mean, she's not even in the same league. So we're talking about films here, you know. But as far as songs go, I do give credit where credit is due. Uh, and, you know, Paul Williams <laughs> wrote Evergreen, so he's going to get the keys to one that went up there to get the Oscar, you know? Well, I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you and say Lady Gaga gets my take. Neither one of them were actors. They were both musicians first and then got into acting. Right, but Streisand made a lot more film, made a lot of films. Yeah, well, uh, Lady Gaga is only like 30-something, so she's going to continue making a lot more films. So so who do you, okay, I'm going to really push your buttons right now. Who would you take in a versus, Madonna or Lady Gaga? I mean, you want to talk about someone that was a singer first and then became an actress. I don't think Lady Gaga is Madonna. I really don't. And I'm not well, the hugest Madonna fan. they're not the fan. same age. I mean, Lady Gaga will be Madonna when she's Madonna's age because she's made that many waves. But do you know that Madonna doesn't like Lady Gaga? She, uh, like, has gone on, like, full on and, like, does not like Lady Gaga. I just watched Five Foot Two, which is one of the documentaries. But, you know, Lady Gaga did the halftime. That's a pretty big I'm thing not gonna for I'm not going to uh, sit here and badmouth Lady Gaga. That's no, no, no. what I'm trying to do. I know, but I we're just, just yeah. I mean, comparing I, notes I, here. Think she's, she, I think she's amazing. I, I'm not going to say that Lady Gaga is Madonna. No, because she's not yet. But she will have that clout and that caliber when she gets to Madonna's age. Now, I was a massive Madonna fan as a kid. And I dressed like her. I did the whole hair teasing thing. You know, you name it, like... Desperately Seeking Susan was one of my favorite yeah. mu movies, you know, with Arquette. But, I mean, that's... Rosanna Arquette. Rosanna Arquette, thank you, because I was going to say Patricia, but I knew that wasn't right. So, But you think about the influence that Lady Gaga's having on the generation of today and the influence no that question. Madonna had on us. Yeah. It's quite comparable. Yeah. So, you know, there you go. I'm just going to say that Streisand, Madonna, Lady Gaga, they're all amazing. Of course. 
Period. And I mean, again, you look at Streisand from that generation because Streisand comes before Madonna. I mean, Streisand's definitely more subdued and more, you know, not as flamboyant as the other two, but certainly had the same effect on her, you know, audience. I mean, people adore Barbara Streisand. I'm not a big Barbara Streisand fan personally, but I appreciate what she's done. It's fine. I forgive you for not being a big Barbara Streisand fan. Okay, well, we'll get that on air, so people will probably hate me for that, but there you go. I doubt it. Okay, so tell me about new music, Yeah, I just got one song that I was going to talk about today, the pretty reckless uh, Only Love Can Save Me Now. Taylor Momsen, the singer, she started off as an actress. This is so fitting to what we're talking about. She played Cindy Woo Hoo in The Grinch That Stole Christmas. And she had an acting career going until 2008. And then she put the whole thing on hold and put everything into music. And that's what she's been doing ever since. And a new song by The Pretty Reckless that came out that I just mentioned, Only Love Can Save Me Now, features Kim Thale, who has an unbelievably great guitar lead in this song, and Matt Cameron, both of Soundgarden. And I was listening to the song, and to me it's like a Soundgarden song with Taylor Momsen singing. It's really good, and I highly recommend it. It came out in June, and that was going to be my music pick for the week. It's a pretty solid, straight-ahead, hard rock song. So unlike a lot of things that are coming out these days, which are more mainstream and R&B-ish, this one is a rock song, straight-ahead rock song, The Pretty Reckless. Awesome. Love Can Save Me. And we got to all listen to it. I just want to plug real quick my Brockton show, my Brockton exhibit show. We are getting down to the last few days of prep for this exhibit that will be at the Brockton Public Library. Their second floor has a Driscoll Gallery, and it is 304 Main Street in Brockton. We actually have an Eventbrite out there. If you look up A Family's Legacy, A Work of Art, there are tickets that are free, but you can you know book, book a ticket so that we know you're coming. October 6th from 6 to 9 will be our opening reception, and that is a Wednesday, Wednesday, October 6th from 6 to 9. My father will likely be there for for the first hour or two. My mother and I will definitely be there, and actually Josie's probably going to have to be there. And it is a group family show where I'm exhibiting some fashion art pieces that I'm busily Busy bee uh, making at Busily. home. Busily. Busily. Is that like even a that. word? I like it. <laughs> if it's not, Busy Phillips, uh, you know, there's a little shout out to her. Busily, Busy Phillips. Oh, well, um, let's not really get into I know, busy, sorry. That could I be, you know, knew that would an distract hour you. Of, uh, drooling on my part. So I'm f- just coming down to the uh, last few picks of my father's art. I'm really excited about some of the pieces that I will be showing. I'm framing some myself and framing some with my amazing framers at Frame One in North Reading on Route 28 Main Street. But we will be showcasing some pieces from my father's collection that represent family, represent fashion, and represent sexuality and his great love of the woman's body. There's some incredible nudes that he did in 1962, which will be for sale, but I don't know what I'm going to even price those at because they're priceless. 
But um, my mother, who is very earthy, mother earth to me, we are picking some fall harvest um, images, paintings that she did. Water, She's a watercolorist. Really, like, expressive realism is what we refer to her artwork as. Very realistic, beautiful watercolor, which is not easy to do. So we will have some landscapes by her, some beautiful fruits and vegetables that she's done over the years. And then, yeah, that's that's the show. Really exciting. We will also have a Meet the Artists on October 16th. The library is open six days a week, and the library hours represent the gallery hours. So if you go on to Brockton Public Library, but I believe it's um, Monday and Tuesday, 9 to 5, Wednesdays 9 to 9, and then Thursday through Saturday, nine to five, something around that, those time frames. I'm not 100% sure how many times we will be down there because it is quite a schlep, but we will definitely be down there on the 6th and the 16th. And I will mention on our podcast if we'll be down there another day or two uh, throughout the month. But the exhibit will be up until the 30th of October, Wednesday the 6th to Saturday the 30th. Cool. Okay, so here's our info if you want to get in touch with us. Seams, excuse me, seams, C-S-S-R at gmail.com. Our Patreon page is patreon.com forward slash seams to me. And our Instagram is at seams to me, Sib Steve. We appreciate all of our supporters. Thank you. See ya. Voices recorded at Voice Motel, voicemotel.com, your complete podcast recording experience. Located in Union Square, Somerville, Massachusetts.